Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft Tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes. I am Jeremy, your Keeper of Arcane Lore, and we play Call of Cthulhu, a horror role-playing game based upon the fictional works of H.P. Lovecraft. Your investigators of the unknown are... Matt, as private detective Dan Williams. Oh shoot, and me on a nice day without my picnic basket. Picnic basket. Hey, boo-boo. Brian as Dr. Hubert Pretorius Loveland. They really need to put steps on those damn boats. And Gabe as Special Agent Roy Arroyo. I'm going to be honest, I forgot that we say something to start the show. (laughs) That's on brand. All right, well, welcome, players. Uh, I think we should begin tonight by checking the mailbag for any letters from beyond. It's a sack, you jackass. On Facebook, we got a very nice message from Elizabeth Ann Laverne Clark. And she said... Just binged the whole podcast in the last two weeks, and I wanted to shoot you a message saying that I love it. I can't wait to see Sam with her new powers and some sort of action, even if it is just one scene of her berating Dan. (laughs) I will be very sad if they are done as a couple. I also have to thank you for leading me to the Helen, Texas scenario. I'm going to a gaming convention in Dallas, and I'm going to run Helen, Texas there. Thanks for the hours of listening. Brilliant. <laughs> Thank you, Elizabeth. We appreciate the kind Thank of you very much. Joey Friel says, So I started listening to your podcast a few weeks ago, and I've already made it to the Hell House. I have a lot of driving for my work, LOL. I love the characters and all the scenarios you've done. I've never played Call of Cthulhu, but have been in and ran many D&D campaigns. The best part of your whole series by far has been meeting the Arroyos. No joke, I cried the whole 15 minutes that spanned from laughter. Great on-the-spot role-playing and impromptu imitations. And maybe if you look out for the mole people and not let the air out of my tires and not catch the shit on fire and then lie about it and your mom wasn't an idiot this wouldn't happen (laughs) lol i died you guys are just the bee's knees it's not my fault the mold people live in the shed hilarious quality terrifying entertainment at its best looking to start supporting your patreon as soon as i get a second job hope you guys are doing great keep up the awesome work thank you so much well you don't have to give us the entirety of your paycheck from your second job but i'm not gonna stop what you don't realize is that wasn't Improv, it was just a script that I took out of my everyday life. He told the kids to be quiet, and we just ran with it. <laughs> the best part was I didn't have to do anything, so. <laughs> well, you had to play Raymond, so. Hey, Dad, can I have a hug? Let's uh, switch on over to Reddit, uh, where we have a very lengthy piece of feedback, which we appreciate, from Weather on Titan. I started listening to this podcast about a month ago, and as of last night, I am up to date. I've been thinking of writing a wee rave, but the finale of Hell House sealed it for me. I've enjoyed every scenario, Chuck being grumpy, Samantha sweet-talking everyone, and Dan and Brenda zooming around. I loved Samantha's blossoming relationship with Katie, Dan's burgeoning movie career, and the quietly creepy stuff like Chuck's recurring shower hallucinations. The waking up in modern times was an awesome twist. Dan and Samantha being a couple took me by surprise, but quickly grew on me as they worked well together. (laughs) I was sad to hear about the relationship problems in between the contented cow in my life scenarios, but dealing with Roy seems to get them on the same team again. Samantha's recent descent into crazy land is fascinating but disturbing, but Jack's slow reveal of his voodoo side has been interesting too, particularly with the Skinner plus FBI agents bit near the end of Hell House. And poor crispy Roy. He shot that phone so good... Aaron is nearly as polar opposite in approach to interactions, and the contrast is superb. I don't usually comment on things, but I've been thinking about it since episode 31.1. Because, holy hell, Matt, that voicemail Dan left Samantha was raw. The role-playing on this podcast is pretty quality, but that voicemail was next level. You can hear the drinks. You can hear the emotional roller coaster. You can hear his thoughts and the silences between. The combination of backstory and added context to the last two scenarios was delightful, then emotional. Dan is usually pretty happy to let the others lead the direction of play, and it was obvious he cared about Samantha, but damn, the stuff about her filling the wounds the war gave him? Intense. I loved it. It was amazing. How dare you break up with her? Good for you. You deserve to be treated better. Remarkable. And the Hell House finale? With Kelly's ghost? And the shadow spooks? And the creature under the house? And oh my god, they were all gonna die! And then Roy shows up? Healthy? Spouting a ritual? Fuck yeah, Roy, go! You good thing, how epic! And then he speaks in Samantha's voice and bitches out Dan for the voicemail? Sweet, utter, diabolical perfection. (laughs) 
I don't think you can get much better than that. How much did we pay? That was what fifty cents a word. Pretty much. Yep. Yeah. Pretty much. A couple yeah. hundred bucks. No big deal. So I got a second mortgage on my house. Thank you for that weather on Titan. That was very nice and well, uh, well said. It made so. every one of our day that day when we got that. Oh yeah. We even sent it to Chuck. And finally, on Twitter, I wanted to give a special shout-out to Tess at RPG underscore casts for her tireless efforts to promote inclusivity and diversity in the gaming community. Thank you, Tess. Also, we have two special announcements. Uh, We have officially launched our Patreon page. Or is it Patreon? Patronize. We have officially launched our Patreon page. If you'd like to support our humble podcast, please go to patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes and kick in some dough. We have assembled some awesome rewards at different levels of support, so check them out. Again, that's patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes. And now we have branded merchandise at teespring.com slash stores slash lovecrafttapes, including hashtag taco fish shirts, hoodies, mugs, stickers, and more. Again, that's teespring.com slash stores slash lovecraft tapes slash slash hashtag you can sponsor us yeah, and you can find these links and more anytime at the lovecrafttapes.com that's our show thanks for joining us we'll see you next time <laughs> exactly oh crap is that true what time is it the uh, time to time to um let's make some money with the sponsors time to pay the bills let's take a quick commercial break and now A word from our sponsor. Do you have or know someone who has a problem with addiction? Hello, my name is Theobald Archidor Sheet, founder of Breaking Wind Recovery Center, here with an important message for you. Addiction is a dangerous and possibly deadly disease that can lead to you hydrogen bombing all of your relationships in order to fill your wantless need of drugs, such as Puff the Magic Dragon, perhaps some alcohol, gambling, or sacrificing virgins. Mm. Addiction can be like a lethal stinking cloud that hangs around where you don't want it to. Here are just a few tips from your friends at Breaking Wind Recovery Center for those who struggle with a close friend or dear family member with an addiction. Don't give up hope. Just keep calling their name and try to get through to them. Make a stink. Let them know that their addiction is a problem that you will no longer tolerate. And don't be afraid to shoot off the cannon of your concerns. Remember, addiction can be a silent but deadly problem. A good first step is to split the seam of silence and bring it to the attention of those who can help. And most importantly, don't ever be afraid to let one rip if it seems that they are beyond basic intervention technique. Some people may require more professional help to see the error of their ways, and that's what we are here for. Breaking Wind Recovery Center is a group of highly trained professionals who specialize in bringing the breath of fresh air that is sobriety into the lives of those that need it, You better open the window of your heart and blow the big brown horn of acknowledgement that addiction may be a disease, but it is not something that you should face alone. Come, join us here and crack off one in celebration of your start on the road to recovery. We're breaking wind. And we're back. (laughs) I couldn't believe that. It was very sad. I feel bad for our live viewers. Oh, yeah, we put them through so much, and then they have to sit through that thing, like... I believe you mean our live viewer. Gee, glad that's over. Thanks, Mom. Now, dear investigators, we continue. Chapter 6, The Big Uneasy. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. Roy recovers from another strange fainting spell in the Laplace Library, and two mysterious black dots appear on the back of his neck, which are misdiagnosed as snake bites by Dr. Pretorius. The trio tries to grab some local grub at Billy's Big Bass and whatnot, but Dan manages to offend the owner-proprietor by suggesting he upgrade his cuisine to hashtag tacofish. Luckily, Edgar from the Travel Center pulls up to the closed fish shack just in time to invite them back to his office for some delicious Quaker oatmeal. The old man tells the investigators about some recent grave robbing across the river and how one of the bodies was found with a strange tattoo on the back of his neck. A tattoo that resembles the one on the dead intruder back in Blaine Manor. 
Dan finds a faded brochure with an image that faintly resembles the churchyard that Roy sketched previously, a brochure for the old Laplace Memorial Cemetery. Following Edgar's advice, the three detectives employ Rosita at the Swamp Tours cabin, and she takes them through the river system until they arrive at their destination. Gentlemen, you are standing at the eastern entrance to the cemetery. It is late morning, and already the sun blazes lazily overhead, heating up this patch of steamy swampland. To the west, an old stone church stands crooked, leaning slightly to one side, casting a shadow that seems somehow unnatural. To the north of this structure is a sprawling graveyard that is overgrown with untamed vegetation. Perhaps once it was well manicured, but now it is only a matter of time before the grounds are swallowed entirely by the choking vines. Except for the occasional rustle of leaves, either from an errant breeze or a slithering snake, silence hangs heavy in the cloying air. I'm going to wait in the boat. You're not going anywhere. Who the hell said all those words? Suddenly, Roy falls to his knees. Roy, I'm going to need a pow roll, please. Pow? Pow, pow. I need a 70. I got a 56. That'd be a success. The doctor and Dan see Roy crumple to the ground, falling to his knees and sort of clutching his head. Roy... You manage to shake off a sense of weakness, but you do see brief flashes of some sort of stone dais with a small black box sitting on top of it. This flashes through your mind a couple times before quickly subsiding as you regain control by sheer act of will and you shrug off the sudden attack. However... Doctor and Dan, as you essentially rush to help him get back up, you notice something unusual. It appears that the dots on the back of his neck have started to spread slightly. There appears to be a line emanating from two points of the dots. Oh. Wait, wait, hold that pose. Take a picture. <laughs> this is totally the cover of my new indie band album. Thank you. Wait, let me get right up there and I can unzip my pants. He is on his knees. Roy, let me take a look at that. <sighs> Fine, go ahead. It looks like it's spreading. It's acting like poison. Danny, come look at this. I, I didn't think tattoos spread. I think you may have been poisoned, my friend. Call Slim Jimmy. I'm not sure what we can do about this at this moment. Well, let's keep an eye on it right now. I think our best bet is to head for the giant building in the distance. Keep an eye out. Seeing as that's where the uh, thing in the drawing that Roy made is at, might be a good idea to start there. Uh, so we're going to gather up and start heading towards the stone church. Are you okay to walk, Roy? Yeah, it should be. Roll for walk. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you've been poisoned, which is what I suspect, the only people who are going to have the cure is the cult from Far Cry 5. Hey, recommend those aren't until the end of the show. Oh, shit. Yeah, well, we better talk to him then. All right, you know where they're at. Inside the church. Come on, let's go. And I'm just going to start walking towards the building. Okay, let's go to the church, see if we can find them. So you make your way very slowly along the path westward towards the old church. As you go, you notice that the uh, cemetery itself has clearly been overrun with vegetation. You can see many tombstones and crypts peeking out, but they've been all, mostly overrun with ivy and choking vines and kudzu. As you approach the church, you see that the uh, whatever windows may have been there long ago are broken out, missing, leaving only holes that gape lifelessly, except for in some intact stained glass in the northern bell tower. There are some cracked steps that lead up to a splintered wooden door that is open and hangs slightly askew. Was the view askew? Well, guess we don't have to knock. The door's open. And I'm going to pull out my phone and uh, turn on the flashlight and step inside. You make your way up to the front door. And indeed, you can see that the wooden door is in pretty bad shape. But uh, it's, it's still hanging on through some very strong but rusty bolts in the framework. And uh, as you pull it open, it is still hanging onto the hinges. So it's not like it's going to fall over like the gate did. And inside, you can see uh, a very dim light coming through. 
Is anybody else going in with him? Roy, uh, why don't you back him up and I'll be right behind you. All right, I'll go. Dan steps inside. He notices that the air is cool and musty. There are rows of smashed wooden pews that lead up to a raised pulpit, upon which stands a tall robed figure, its back turned to you. Beyond, the back wall of the church is a fresco of painted tiles depicting the Last Supper, now faded to be nearly unrecognizable. Shit. (laughs) Before I go on, I'm going to be like, hey, guys, I don't think it's breaking and entering if it's already broken, right? Yeah, they won't mind. I think that may be the least of our worries. I'm going to um, unholster my gun, pull it out, point it up, finger not on the trigger, and yell, you on the altar, spin around where I can see you, or else you may or may not end up with a bullet somewhere. Your words ring out through the empty church, bouncing off the stone walls, and some birds that were roosting above flap out of one of the broken windows noisily, but the figure does not move. Roy, I could really use some backup in here right now. Hey, man, come on out. Not helpful, Roy. Well, what do you want, man? Tell you what, I'm going to spin to the figure one more chance before I give you a warning shot, and then after that, all bets are off. Why are you so violent? (laughs) Still, the figure remains stationary. Uh, I'm going to shoot at the ground near where he's standing. I'm not going to hit him. Go ahead and make me a roll. The church collapses. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, I needed a 43 and I rolled a 55. That's a fail. Tell me how that fails. Roy, being as high as he is right now, bumps into me when I try and shoot my gun and it goes up and the bullet goes wide into the rafters. And a cloud of dust and splinters rains down and I'm going to need Roy to make a spot hidden, please. So I need a 70. I got a 24, which is a hard success. Roy uh, bumps into Dan, who fires into the rafters. A cloud of dust rains down, plus a deafening boom resounds through the, the ruined church. And Roy shades his eyes to protect himself from the debris that's coming down. And he notices there are some footprints in the entryway that lead towards the figure on the dais. Amadeus? Dude, Falco's my favorite band of all time. Amadeus. What's in there? Uh, there's someone standing up at the pulpit, and he's not responding to me telling him to turn around or me attempting to shoot yeah. him. You're looking in the wrong places, man. There's some footprints over there. What, what, what footprints? Roy apparently found some footprints. Well, walk over to the footprints. I'm going to peek around Roy and, and look into the church and see what I see. I rolled a spot hit and I needed a 25. I got an 84. Uh, you see what looks to be an empty church. Uh, looks pretty unassuming to you. And you go blind. <laughs> I lean to look around Roy and he steps back in front of me. It seems comforting to you. Hmm. Like a nice place of worship once upon a time. But kind of sad now. Back in the day. Upon a time. Once. Well, are we going to go in? Yeah, man. I'll show you those footprints. See if you can talk to that dude. Roy, go talk to him. See what he's doing here. I'll walk in to the church. Hey, guy. Your words echo in the church? Well, I guess he's busy. (laughs) Tell you what, Roy. You go from the left, I'll go from the right, and that way we can pin him in in the middle there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Which way am I going? Every which way but loose. You go whichever way you want to, man. Uh, Okay, I'm going to go with you, Daniel. Left turn, Clyde. I'm going to snug up right behind Daniel, like using him as a shield. Might want to pull out your gun, Roy, just just in case things go sideways here. Uh, you got to have some faith in people, dude. <laughs> just just get over. You're on the right side. I'm on the left side. We're going to we're going to get up there and pincer maneuver this guy. So we have uh, Dan and uh, the doc heading to the left, right? The left, not the right. And then we got Roy heading to the right. Now, left. Roy, you're feeling a little strange right about now. Really? Yeah. That's shocking. <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good, but you know, it's it's almost like the mosaic behind the dais is pulsing with a uh, vibrancy that you know in your mind is not possible, but it looks really cool. This looks really cool. You're so cool. Dude, that looks so cool. And I'll walk up to the mosaic. Right, the guy, you, you got... But this thing's pulsating man that's a cool no, word it, it's 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 not <laughs> dude Look, this thing's pulsating remember my life that was like two two like a while ago and like one trip ago it's like pulsating Roy. like that thing was man what is wrong with him daniel 
I've I've a feeling Rosita's stash might have just kicked in. Does he always do drugs? Not that I've ever seen. Most I've ever seen him is drunk, and uh, usually when he's drunk, he just turns on Sports Center and falls asleep on the couch. Well, I hate to say it, but this might slow the poison if there is stuff in his system. Well, we'll talk to someone about that later. Right now, I'm more worried about the thing standing at this pulpit. If it was if it was gonna attack us, it would have by now, dude. Are you shouting across the church? <laughs> Well, you guys aren't exactly whispering. Dude, I can hear sounds right Enough now. Enough of this. I'm going to walk up the center of the church, up to the figure, and uh, say, Excuse me, do you work here? There's no response. I'm going to reach out and tap the person on the shoulder. I wouldn't do that if I were you. You're going to mount the dais. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> While Roy is heading towards the mosaic behind the dais, the back wall sort of ignoring the figure, the doctor is approaching the figure. What's Dan doing? I need to hire better people to work with. <laughs> uh, I'm going to sprint up the left side and kind of swing up onto the left side of the stage and just hold aiming at the guy. Doctor, you, you reach up, and just as you do so... You can quite clearly see that this is a wooden statue that has been clothed in ragged robes, and the figure is Jesus. He's been carved of wood, but has long since been rotted, so his eyes are missing, dug out by something, maybe birds even. You're not quite sure. Does it look like Buddy Jesus? It doesn't seem very recognizable. You're barely able to make out the features of Jesus. And, of course, Dan also sees this at this point. Roy, however, is unconcerned with the figure on the dais and has moved on to the tiled Last Supper fresco in the back wall. And, uh, Roy, I'm going to need you to make a... Spot hidden, please. It's not real food, Roy. You you can't eat it. I needed a 70. I got a 36. Because you are Roy Arroyo, of course. You are very familiar with The Last Supper. Yeah, man. I like food and God. And so as you study this pictorial very closely and almost joyously, because there is still like this faint scintillating light emanating from the tile itself, it seems. It's, it's almost a magical religious experience in a way. Everything appears to be pretty much the way that you remember from church. All of the positions of the attendants of the Last Supper are doing exactly what they uh, have done in other pictorials and paintings. However, there's something unusual about the small bag that Judas is clutching. You know well that Judas was paid to turn traitor against Jesus. But there's something very strangely familiar about the bag itself that is clutched in Judas's hand. You can't quite put your finger on it. Keep calm and carry on. What? Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know what's interesting about the Last Supper, man? No, Roy, what? So there's 13 people in this, the 12 apostles and, you know, Jesus. Mm -hmm. I got 11 kids and Mm -hmm. a wife and me, Mm -hmm. and that's Mm -hmm. 13 people. Yep. Anyway, I don't, you know, I like God, so I obviously (laughs) know the Last Supper, being a a Uh Catholic fellow. If you don't have at least six kids, you're going to hell. Mm -hmm. But there's something different about this one. Sounds great, Roy. What do you see that's different? Well, Judas is like a dick, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And he's got like a bag to keep all his dick stuff in. Mm-hmm. A sack. Yeah, but it's like a different thing here. I can't figure it out. It's probably these cultists don't know don't know their Last Supper. What do you mean it's different? Oh, well, look at it. It's, I mean, I don't know how familiar with the Last Supper you are, but... I'm not a religious man. I'm a scientist. So. Yeah, it's not mutually exclusive, but... Oh. I mean, I mean, it's a pretty famous painting. I'm going to go up and take a closer look. While they're talking about the Last Supper, I'm going to swing back around to the back of the church and try and find those footprints that Roy was talking about earlier. Oh, why don't you give me a spot hidden? I needed a 68 and I rolled a 15. That is a hard success. <laughs> hard. Hard. And suddenly we're pirates. The de- good doctor uh, approaches Roy to see what the heck he's looking at. Meanwhile, Dan is taking a closer look at the footprints that lead up to the dais. We'll go ahead and start with, how about the doctor? So, Doc, why don't you give me a spot hidden, please? Absolutely. So much spotting hidden. I needed a 25, and I got a 33. You don't see anything very unusual. You kind of think maybe Roy's uh, maybe hit a little too much of that. Ganja? The ganj. The sticky icky? 
oregano. It looks pretty much as if uh, The Last Supper is exactly how you've seen it in books and paintings and perhaps even in art galleries once upon a time. Hey, Roy, if the fresco is so pretty, why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. Uh, might as Yeah, I guess I'll take a picture of it. All right, you take a picture of it. And Dan, you uh, hop down off the dais and uh, take a peek at the footprints, which you can clearly see now. I mean, there's been no attempt to obscure them. The footprints led directly from the entrance and presumably back out. The footprints are actually coming and going from the dais and they appear to stop at exactly the statue of jesus interesting well it looks like whoever put that statue there did it fairly recently i can see the footprints leading in and out hmm. the question is is who'd be coming to a place like this to put a statue a old wooden statue in front of a pulpit like that's a really good question why don't we examine the statue while we're here aren't we are we on one of those hidden camera shows is, is, How are we being punked? Yeah, good point. I'm going to head back up and uh, take a closer look at our uh, tree Jesus on the uh, front dais there. Tree Jesus. You do detect a faint saltwater smell coming from it? Hey, guys, does this statue smell faintly of uh, salt water to anyone else, or is that just me? I'm going to go up and smell it. Yeah, it kind of does. Hmm. Roll for smell. I wonder. I mean, think about it. Wooden statue... Smells like salt water. Figurehead, anyone? Well, if it's free, I mean. <laughs> in old times, uh, people would often put wooden carvings or statues on the front of their ships. They're called figureheads. Oh. Uh, whether it was possibly Jesus or, you know, like a mermaid or something like that. They're called boats. <laughs> Man. Why would they pull it other way in here? That's a good question. Doc, why don't you give me uh, some sort of education role? It's under power in your characteristics, EDU. Oh, I needed a 76. I got a 74. That's what we call a squeaker. That's my first successful role with this character, by the way. So the Doc is pretty sure that this thing is not has never been the ma- on the mast of a ship. It looks pretty much like a statue. There's nothing to indicate on it that, that would be on a boat. And it doesn't smell like the sea. It just has a faint, salty smell to it. Fine. It came out of someone's aquarium. <laughs> In an old chest that goes bloop, bloop, bloop. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Well, let's check around the base and see if, if we can figure out why they put it in this particular location. Uh, we should, uh, we want to tip it over and see if there's anything on the bottom, like a artist's mark or something. That's how you get zebra muscles, dude. Yeah, let's do it. Roy, come over here real quick. Well, I'll saunter over there. So you saunter on over and grasp hold of it and... Tip her back. Lay it down. Tip her back. Lay it down. Immediately you see there is a trap door obscured underneath <gasps> the base of it. How did I know that? Well, that explains why the statue's standing there. And it is bolted from this side. Roy, shoot it. Okay. I'll pull out my gun and I'll shoot it. I love that you never have to talk him into it. Maybe we shouldn't be shooting things when we're all standing this close to them. We... What are you, an idiot? Well, are you going to shoot the lock or not, Roy? I'm going to take a couple steps back. All right, I'll shoot it. Guys, it's just a bolt. It's not a padlock or anything. Roy, it's just, we just have to slide it. You don't have... It's too late. I've shot it. I'm going to go up and I'm going to move the slide bolt. Roy, put your gun away, please. Okay. Zip. He does whatever we say. I'm going to open up the slide bolt, and how does the door open up, I'm assuming? Just like a hatch? Yes, absolutely. It swings up towards you. Think Evil Dead. I'm going to be behind it, so when it opens up, it opens. The lid is covering part of my body. Gotcha. And and pointed towards those guys. Got it. Towards Dan. He can do that. He's a doctor. So he pulls up the the trap door and then swivels the whole thing, including the hole, (laughs) towards Dan. (laughs) Oh, space and time. I'm going to gesture towards towards Daniel to come in and uh, with his gun, ready to cover it. Uh, I'm going to, once again, pull flashlight on top of gun in ready position and kind of slowly lean over the opening and look down into it. Roy, what are you doing during this? I'm just going to look around. Just keep keeping an eye out for things? Yeah, I guess. Maybe I'll... Uh check on what they're doing all right why don't you go ahead and give me a spot hidden please right you're just gonna keep having me roll this till i lose huh oh well it didn't work i need a 70 i got a 29 you should roll spot hiddens when you're high more often for some reason it seems to work <laughs> at exactly the same time as the good doctor pulls open the trap door and dan moves quickly towards the opening roy you 
see a shape. Triangle. It appears to be a young woman, but she has a crocodile head. And she uh, moves across a vestibule doorway, just across the dais, evidently leading towards the north end of the church. I was unaware we were in Crocodile Dundee, too. I'll be right back, and then I'll go follow it. Yeah, sure, Roy. Just don't hurt yourself. Who am I kidding? I don't care if he hurts himself. So, Dan, you peer down the pit that has been opened by the good doctor, and you see a ladder that descends down into darkness, and you can clearly detect much cooler temperatures down there, and a much stronger salt smell emanating from the hole, and it's quite dark. Your phone only goes about maybe seven, eight feet down the ladder. 78 feet, that's a lot. That's quite a lot. Yeah, it's all the way to the bottom (laughs) and actually through the earth and down to China. (laughs) Wow. Because that's where China's at. (laughs) It's pronounced China. I'm so going to regret this. I'm heading down into the hole, Doc. It seems like the salt smell is stronger down there, so maybe there's something there still. I don't know. I'm going to um, tuck my gun back into the holster and while holding my phone as a flashlight kind of on the ladder, climb down. I'm going to pull out my th- my cell phone and use it as a flashlight as well to help guide him down. Hey, but you're staying up top. Yes. So Dan... Is dead. Des- <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of Dan. No, D- Dan descends down into the depths. You are going down for about 20 feet. Whoa. So we'll, we'll leave you there for a second. And then Roy, you quickly give chase to this figure. She leads you into what is essentially the northwestern section of the church, which had clearly been some sort of priest's quarters once upon a time, but everything is in disrepair and destroyed by time, rotted wood, furniture that has fallen into decay. Uh, There are even some vines growing up through the windows. She continues to essentially lead you toward the back where the belfry is. So you continue to give chase and you feel somewhat befuddled. You're not quite sure if it's Rosita's ganja that is really affecting your capabilities or if there's some some other power at work here. But you you feel you, you feel very calm, almost playful in a way. And she eventually leads you to the base of the steps whereupon she turns her back to you and stands stock still at the base of the steps that lead up in a spiral to the belfry above. And the whole area is cast in a weird yellow-red light from the sunlight coming through the stained glass above. And you can see that her figure isn't quite stock still, even though her back is turned to you. It's vibrating or shaking slightly. So I'll take my shirt off. (laughs) Get out the stick of butter. Remember, kids, hugs, not drugs. I'll walk up and sort of like grab her shoulder or like scales or whatever. As you do so, you realize just before your hand touches her shoulder that the vibrating or shaking is actually her laughing. And now that you're very close to her, you can sort of hear this dry chuckle. And you touch her shoulder and it collapses to the ground. The only thing left is the robe that she was wearing. So I'll pick up the robe. You pick up the robe in curious befuddlement, and something falls away from the robe onto the ground with a clatter. 20 bucks? Yo. A 20% off coupon for Bed Bath & Beyond. (laughs) Sweet! I need some scented candles. All right, well, I'll put the robe on to save space. Well, I'm not wearing a shirt, so I gotta keep warm. So, and I'll pick up the thing that fell. It's a clip for a handgun. And it's full of bullets, but there's no handgun around. I'll pull out my gun, and I'll see if it fits into my gun. I have a revolver, so... Technically, it's a magazine, not a clip. There's a difference, and we will make people very angry if we do not get this right. Trust me. I guess I'll uh, go back and see if uh, Dan dropped his clip. Magazine. Well, it's uh, from your very capable eyes now. Uh, you can tell that this is a, uh, a clip from a Ruger twenty two. 
would help if I knew what kind of gun that Dan had. Uh, You're pretty sure that he doesn't have that. You know Dan well enough. Dan has a very nice... Semi-auto Colt 45. You've seen him use it occasionally and miss horribly. And actually, just a couple minutes ago. (laughs) Hey, that's because Roy bumped me because he was high, okay? Not my fault. So yeah, this is from a Ruger 22, which uh, for some reason seems familiar, but you're not quite sure why. All right, let's cut back to Dan and the Doc. It's a new show on ABC. So, Doc, you notice Dan has pretty much reached the bottom. You can barely see his light at the very bottom. He's 20 feet down now. Daniel, is it? are you okay down there? Uh, it's kind of dark. You said shut the lid? Okay. I'd say it's about a 20-foot drop. Shouldn't you use the ladder? I'm going to take a moment to um, pan back and forth with my flashlight and see what I see. It appears to be rough-hewn cavern. Maybe once upon a time this was a subterranean cave of sorts, but it's clearly been finished by someone who had good tools, probably by the church at one point. So where you're at right now is a landing that's maybe about 20 feet wide, and there are two corridors leading off into the darkness. The quarters leading off are more or less tunnels. The floor is sort of uneven. There is moisture all everywhere. Slightly salty smell. There is moss growing on the walls and even on the floor. There is evidence of footprints coming and going. Well, looks like someone chiseled out some kind of cavern down here. Hmm. Should I come down or should I go get Roy? Uh, you go get Roy. With him high on drugs, who knows what he's getting into. I'm gonna stay here uh, and check their their, uh, footprints down here. It looks like someone's been coming and going. Gross. I'm out. Roy! Roy! Uh, He finds me humping the robe with the gun in my mouth. (laughs) Nothing like a good rope hump. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. The doc calls out for Roy. Roy, where are you? Polo. I follow the voice and find him wearing a robe. Where did you get that? Roy, f- come here. I found it. Why are you way over here? Dude, there's a, a spiral stairs that we should go up. Well, we have to assist Daniel currently. He, he found a trap door and he's down 20 feet below this church. Well, why would you go down when you can go up? I didn't. He did. That's his prerogative. You think we should go up? Yeah. Okay, you first. Um, I'll go up the spiral stairs. Doc, what are you doing? Going back to the boat. <laughs> See you, dumbasses. I'm going to stick with Roy, because he's, he's really high as a kite. Roy and the Doc head up, hugging the wall, and follow the spiral staircase up towards the belfry. Are there bats in there? Daniel. <laughs> Damn, Daniel. So you're, you're standing at the base, and, and clearly uh, the doctor has left. But you can still, still see the dim light of the uh, open trap door above. Should not have let the high guy run away with the doctor who doesn't know how to investigate anything. Doctor who? I told you I was leaving, and you didn't object. Because you're high. I just assume that everything you see is fake. And as you're thinking this, you hear a scraping sound coming from further down the corridor. I'm going to immediately unholster my gun and kind of slide up next to the wall, on the wall where the opening is down that corridor, and I'm just going to stand there for a minute and see if the sound gets any louder or any closer. You can hear it sort of softly reverberating throughout the cavern. That's the only sound you hear, other than maybe some faint dripping. Uh, Someone around here has to actually do some investigating every now and then. Go figure. He says to himself. Um, are there any, like, rocks or anything on the floor of the cavern, or is it, like, just the moss and the dirt and... Uh, why don't you give me a luck roll? Uh, I needed a 52 and I rolled a 37. That is a successful luck roll. Absolutely. You find all the rocks you need. Cool. I'm going to make a, a pair of arrows out of rocks on the ground. One pointing from the ladder towards the tunnel I'm going down, and one... And the second one at the entrance of the tunnel pointing in that same direction. So that way if they come down, they have a pair of arrows showing which way I went. Well, don't go that way. Nobody goes that way. I'm going to grab a couple of handfuls of rocks and stick them in my pocket so I can kind of drop them as I go along like breadcrumbs. And so uh, basically there are two corridors, one clearly heading as near as you can figure in a westward direction. The other one is going more towards north. Could I tell from the scrape which corridor the scraping noise was coming from? You're pretty sure it was probably coming from the west. Okay, then I'm going to head down the west-facing corridor. All right, let's switch back to the dock and Roy. <laughs> so the staircase going up towards the belfry is in actually pretty good condition for some odd reason. There's bird shit everywhere, and it goes all the way up to the top to the belfry. There probably was, once upon a time, a bell that hung up here, but it's long 
been destroyed or scavenged. What you're most interested in, however, is the very tiny landing at the very top of the belfry. It has all of the stained glass intact. It is decorated in a fresco of some unusual imagery. Some stained glass that is done up in a almost surreal fragmented style, but you can clearly make out that one of the figures in the stained glass at the very top of the belfry is a young woman with a crocodile head. The doctor notices that towards the north end of the belfry is what appears to depict a gathering of robed individuals, all dressed in white, with a familiar symbol etched on the front of their robes. A sort of star with a sun and a moon and clouds and lightning. With something in the middle. With something in the middle. Etched on the front of their robes, and they're all standing ringed about around a black cube. At that moment, the southern stained glass piece of window shatters. And something flies into the belfry. Dan. Yeah. You're creeping along the corridor underground. And it seems like as you inch along, the temperature in the corridor is getting warmer and warmer. So you're not quite sure if maybe you're approaching the surface, which you know to be quite warm. Even though it is October, it's still Louisiana. And the humidity is becoming a bit oppressive down here. There's also a slight change to the salty air that is almost like roadkill that has been left out in the sun way too long, so it's almost it almost doesn't stink anymore. It's been cured in a way. You hear another scrape just ahead. Seems much closer than the last time. And you've probably gone maybe 90, 100 feet away from the entrance. Okay, I'm going to um, kind of like crouch down and start very slowly gun forward, creeping towards the, the scraping noise. So you creep further and further, and it's getting more and more damp and musty, moist even. It's a moisty mire. Sweat trickles down the back of your neck. You can see just ahead, the corridor opens up into a larger chamber. And it's at that moment that you realize the smell is quite familiar. Now, you smelled it back at Blaine Manor that night when the intruders broke in. And I think that's where we need to go. Oh my god, baby Jesus. You want to give us a hint of what's coming flying through the window? <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Actually, you... actually, no. No, I don't want to. Oh, man. You sure you don't want to just tell us what it is? Well, I, I can tell you this. Tune in next time for more of Chapter 6, <laughs> The Big Uneasy. I don't really feel like it. It's getting good. Holy crap. You said this would move slow. It did not move slow. <laughs> Like my very loose interpretation of a high person. Yes, it was good. I liked it. I liked it a lot, actually. It was just oregano, dude. Chill. Seven foot tall women, man. You don't get it. I love the WNBA. Who doesn't? <laughs> so good. It's so nice. It's beautiful. All right. Well, now it's time for some recommendos. So why don't we go ahead and start with Brian? Well, my one recommendo had to get canceled because I couldn't find a legit source to watch it. So I'm going to recommend. Far Cry 5. Now, just be careful when you play this. I'm not going to give anything away, anything that people already know. You get immersed in it pretty damn quick. And it's hard to stop playing. Not so much for the storyline, just because there's nonstop action in this game, no matter where you're at. And it's a complete open world, and it's huge. But I've got a lot of hours into this game already. You can ask Matt. Uh, sometimes we'll chat live. I'll say, all right, I'm jumping off. And then an hour later, I'm, okay, I got I to gotta get going. An hour later, it's midnight. You are a deputy with the U.S. Marshals going in to shut down a cult. So what you're doing is you're going in to arrest the leader of this cult. And everything goes to shit because... He's got basically the entire valley 
drugged up and doing whatever he wants and whatever he says. The cult leader does. And he's got his siblings and this woman broken up into territories that you have to go into to stop them and shut down what they're doing individually as you play. But there's all these side things that you can do where people need help. You know, they stole my plane or they, they've kidnapped my family or here's here's a stash that I have if you need ammo or weapons while you're out. Here's a map to try to get to that. You can hunt animals. You can fly planes, boat, drive boats cars, helicopters, you have flight suits, you buy different weapons and upgrade your weapons. It's 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 fantastic. You get uh, different companions that you can hire to go with you on jobs. You can fish, skin animals, sell your skins and your fit and depending on how you fit, hunt for them, they're worth more if you do it with a bow and arrow versus a sniper rifle. It, it reminds me a lot of Skyrim, uh, how immersive it is and how much you can fall into it. A lot of customization, some, you know, some silly stuff. I could go on for hours. Cool. Let's skip on over to Matt. Oh, I'm also going to tell people to play a game. Pick up and uh, give the game called Cuphead a try. Cuphead is uh, part platformer, part boss rush, where you play the titular character Cuphead, and what he does is he falls into a really deep gambling debt. And to get out of this debt, he signs a deal with the devil that he has to go around and collect all the souls of all the people who have also made deals with the devil in order to get out of having to go to hell forever. But the cool part is, is the entire thing is animated like a 1930s or 40s, like Fleischer-style cartoon. So, you know, it's the, it's the really old-school cartoony style it's incredibly well done. The whole thing is is hand animated. You know, there's a little bit of computer t- for touch-ups, but they hand drew all the enemies and all the cycles and everything. And it has a really, really great, like, 30s and 40s jazzy big band style soundtrack to go with it that is absolutely incredible. It is a game that has a reputation for being difficult, and that is fair. It is one of those games where you have to learn. A lot of the boss fights are, you're going to die a lot because you have to f- learn the patterns and the, you know, the where you can fire and when you need to run and when you need to duck. It's not frustratingly difficult. It's just enough that when you finally overcome that challenge, it's a really big win and you feel really good about yourself. And it's an amazing game. Uh, I'll go next. I'm going to recommend a, not quite a horror film, but uh, (gasps) sort of a thriller uh, called Cold Hell from 2017. Directed by Stefan Rosawiski, starring Violetta Shurelawa and Tobia Moretti. And this is clearly a foreign film. So it follows the tale of a young illegal immigrant woman who is working in Germany who drives a cab to make ends meet. Unfortunately, she witnesses a brutal murder across the street from her apartment. Of course, since she's an illegal immigrant, the police are not super thrilled about doing anything for her. Uh, They don't really even believe her story. And she can't really press things because she's illegal. Unfortunately for her, the serial killer who made the killing across the street begins to stalk her. And this is, uh, it's pretty rough. Uh, The guy goes around killing women, much in the same vein as Seven. So she takes it upon herself to exact revenge on him after he catches up to her and does some very brutal, violent stuff to her. She lives through it because she's a tough woman who also knows how to... uh, box and uh, cage fight it it kind of turns out to be like this sort of hard-boiled neo-noir that reminds me a lot of the old grimy 80s thrillers so a little bit of seven a little bit of the long goodbye from the 70s and it also it it takes great pleasure in taking some of those male-oriented detective stories and turning them on their head making her the hero or the or the detective of the story because she's forced to be it's got a very brutal satisfying and refreshing end to it so uh, i highly recommend cold hell Uh, i saw it on shutter it made the 2017 festival circuit a lot of people talked about it so i added it to my list and i'm really happy that i saw it because it's quite actiony it goes to places that uh, you think you know where it's going to go but it ends up subverting your expectations so check that out all right gabe how about you buddy so whenever i like wake up on the day of a uh on the day of a recording I like to plan my recommendos out early, except when I don't, which is decently often. But I had one all set up for today. 
and I was all ready and all excited to talk about it because I got my list and I know which ones are coming up in the few weeks. But oh no, I got I had to change it because today's recording just fits so well with one I had coming down the pike. So instead of recommending an album, I'll be recommending a movie <gasps> that is also an album oh. because it's a movie musical because oh. it's a Reefer Madness the musical. I'm a big fan of exploitation films i think they're hysterical especially from a modern view and reefer madness pretty much takes the cake because it's just really funny and a lot of fun so if you haven't seen reefer madness give that a check out but reefer madness the musical is in itself excellent as well you don't necessarily need to have seen reefer madness to enjoy it but uh basically the story is it's a guy who likes to he's like getting kids hooked on reefer and uh it's causing a madness around and they're all wholesome teenagers until until the reefer gets them Mm -hmm. and then they became the devil incarnate government propaganda uh, yeah uh, Kristen bell's in it which is you know that's interesting she's a better singer than i thought she is you know it's mildly offensive it's from 2005 so it's probably racist and awful and sexist (laughs) and terrible by the today's standards i mean it was like 13 years ago come on first of all the best scene a guy has sex with a brownie yeah it's just a lot of fun the music's all good it's really funny to watch these kids descend from wholesomeness to just being the worst human beings alive there's a scene where he's stealing from his church and jesus comes down to warn him about pot so you know it's i'm sure you could be offended by it if you're of that vein but it's a lot of fun so uh, give that a check out baby don't fear the reefer yeah, oh, that's Reaper. yeah, that's the opening song. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening, especially you, Thomas Douglas. Oh my! Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Podbean, Stitcher, or anywhere you download your regular podcasts. As long as it's Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Music, or Stitcher. <laughs> if you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Meanwhile, you can find us at thelovecrafttapes.com with links to all of our recommendos and social media channels, including Facebook, Reddit, YouTube, and our Discord server, where you can chat with us in real time. You can find me on Twitter at Lovecraft Tapes. And if anybody wants an exclusive signed pre-order copy of 20 Feet Down a Dark Hole, The Lifetimes and Presumably Violent Death of Detective Dan Williams, hit me up on Twitter at the Real Weird Kid. And if anybody wants to warn me of the dangers of the ganja, you can find me at our Patreon. Give us money. I mean, at Lovecraft Gabe. <laughs> subtle. Real subtle. <laughs> they didn't notice. You can find me on Twitter at Brian Podcasts. Until Thank next you. time. Roll for sanity. The Lovecraft Tapes podcast is copyright 2018. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes.com.